to Weave You Yasha, uh, the podcast where there's an anime and we talk about it for too long. I'm Lindsay. I'm Sean. <laughs> We're here to talk about Tetsu Saiga, the Phantom Sword. Now, you say it correctly, Lindsay. Tetsaiga. Tetsaiga. Okay. So the, little, the middle part is a little silent, or at the very least um, imperceptible with the rest of the word. That's fine. I'm speaking uh, uh, from memory of Tetsuo the Iron Man, so maybe Tetsuo means iron. This is an iron sword. Mm, I don't know. She's shaking her head like (laughs) that's completely wrong. (laughs) I just know Fushigi Yugi, there's an awesome character named Tasuki. His name, I thought it, when I first saw it, I thought it was Tasuki. But they kind of just make an S sound. Yes. Asuka in Evangelion is spelled A-S-U-K-A. I believe it's just how they pronounce things. So that's fine. That's fine (laughs) for them. Okay, so this this episode is about quest for a sword or something. Or a fang sword. It's made from the fang of... Inuyasha's father. Correct. Listeners, if I sound a little scatterbrained, it's because I hit my head on a tree a couple days ago when we went to go see Baby Driver, and everybody saw. (laughs) And it was embarrassing. (laughs) It was dark. (laughs) Everybody saw. It was a very low branch. It made a cartoonish thunk noise, I'm told. That is true. (laughs) Okay, so we pick up where we last left off, where the woman with no face is talking to Inuyasha, and Kagome is lying paralyzed on the ground, trying to warn him. This is after a very long recap of the episode. Yes. Longer than usual. Yes. And we also see, they do this weird thing where they're, they're tying the two worlds together through a bike. Because we first see the very nice villagers looking for Kagome because they're very worried about her. And they find her bike in the woods. And they can't find Kagome. And it cuts to our world where her mom is also working on a bike, lowering the bike seat so she can use it in the real world. She is so thoughtful, this mom. She is. But the mom thinks Kagome is going to leave her own bike in the other world. It's awfully cumbersome trying to drag a bike back and forth through a well. <laughs> oh, so the well part. I gotcha. Okay. Oh, I get it now. 
Because <laughs> I was thinking she rides the bike to and from. <laughs> she can take the bike with her. But she can leave her regular bike on the top of the well and uh, in the same area, leave her mom's bike. All right, mom. Thanks. <laughs> Kagome is watching Inuyasha talk to the mom, woman. And she's wondering why she can't move, and it's revealed to her that there are a bunch of imps who have invisible chains around her. And when she realizes that, she looks around and sees uh, the world for what it really is, which is a creepy graveyard place and not the waiting room to the afterlife like they thought. And then the mom embraces Inuyasha, and he uh, feels claws go into his back. It's squishy and gross. <laughs> She embraces him right into her chest. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right in there. <laughs> That's the kimono slip a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not nearly as hot as we're making it sound, listeners. <laughs> but I did notice. She is the unmother. Yes, we found out later that uh, Jaken is the, the, names her the unmother and explains that she is born of the sorrow of dead sons who have uh, died on the battlefield. It's very tragic, and even more tragic when he hits her in the face with his staff and scratches her. Because <laughs> she's getting too handsy with Inuyasha. <laughs> yeah, the whole point of her embracing him is to uh, force a flashback. Well, she does that first by making him look into the lake, right? He looks into the lake and sees himself as a child, and he's wearing the same clothes for some reason. Just uh, junior-sized. <laughs> yeah. Sure, he didn't wear the fire rat armor throughout his whole life and didn't have child versions of that. And after she embraces him, the whole point of it is so she can delve into his mind and sort of a hypnosis kind of thing, get him to trust her where he mumbles half asleep the location of their father's tomb he still doesn't seem to know he just has that clue the uh, pearl on the right is all he knows yeah uh, all he can muster up to say confused me too because i didn't think he was aware of it either but he very clearly said like send the pearl in the right well i mean it could be that his father used to sing to him in a giant dog Voice. You're shaking your head no. No. Maybe his voice on the wind no. came to him. Maybe his mother used to sing to him. On the right. I don't know what's so important about this stupid tomb. <laughs> it's where his daddy's buried. Oh, he loves his daddy. Now his daddy just had a plan. Oh, oh, oh intriguing. Okay. Great. But uh, it's around this time that uh, Kagome gets free because oh. <laughs> Miyoga the Flea shows up to help. Miyoga ex machina. Yeah, he says he has a spell to get her free, but then bites her to suck her blood. It's unclear if this is part of the spell or if it's his perverse desire for blood disgusts her so much that he that she breaks free of the chains. And slaps him. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course. Does that happens a lot. Does anybody ship these two? I'm sure somebody does. Some weirdo ships Inuya or Kagome and 
Uh, Mioga? Mioga the flea. Uh, huh. <laughs> Be an interesting relationship. <laughs> Google it. Bing it. Safe search off right yeah. now. Uh, yeah, that's something you probably can't see. You. But uh, poor Inuyasha is sinking further and further into her bosom. <laughs> and it's a mom thing. It's not a sexual thing, Lindsay. Oh, like, okay, her shoulder's, like, coming apart, and his head's, like, wedged. Yes. It's very creepy. And Jockin does say, you'll have your way with him later, woman. And, okay. (laughs) Jockin's not terribly polite to her. (laughs) But they personify this whole hypnotism thing inside Inuyasha's mind as him being held underwater by a bunch of elfin lead noodle arms. Which I thought was kind of cool, although unnecessary. What happens next, Lindsay? Oh, Kagome, like, <laughs> kicks Jock in and steals his staff. <laughs> yep. Fence him into the lake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Jock <laughs> And then um, smashes up the reflection, was the reflection of Inuyasha as a little boy, and uh, kind of breaks the spell, so Inuyasha starts waking up. Yeah. And realizes himself that this woman he thinks is his mother has no face. <clears throat> yep. And this is after, of course, Kagome tried to pull him out by the hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, right when Inuyasha's kind of regaining himself, Sashomaru steps on the scene. Yay. And he's figured out that uh, the clue and the... The right side is actually in Inuyasha's eye and uses electricity to pull it out. But he pulls the black pearl out. He takes the staff and smashes with it. Uh, uh, smashes it. Sashomaru does, and opens the portal to their father's tomb and steps through. Now Inuyasha isn't keen on following him at first because what does he care? And then decides that he probably should because Miyoga convinces him, right? And he's about to tell Kagome to stay there because it's too dangerous, and she's already halfway through the portal. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so great. It was it was great. It's all making his like passionate speech, and then like turns around, you stay here, free will protection, mm-hmm. and she's gone. Yeah, and then looks forward, and there she is halfway through. Are you coming or not? <laughs> I really like the sub- subversion of the anime tropes that the show keeps doing because they do another one later at the end of the episode, which I will talk about. They go through the portal, they start falling through midair, and then they land on a giant bone bird, and they see uh, Inuyasha's father's lovely, lovely bone ziggurat made of his own bones. One of his fangs is shorter, much shorter than the other. Oh, is that the sword, perhaps? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's got like one regular, and then it looks like someone like sawed it off like halfway through. Oh, that's a good detail. I didn't notice that. I was too busy listening to the conversation. Nobody's <laughs> like, "That's your dad. He's huge," which was my problem, if you recall last episode. <laughs> we lament uh, poor Inuyasha's mother. Yes. I, I actually remember him being pretty nice looking. His human form. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not bad. But, but keep that close to the vest because we got to play what boy does Lindsay like later. 
There's no new voice. <laughs> but I think I've already guessed it because you said he's in the opening credits. And no, he's not. He's not. No. Oh. The Inuyasha boy, I like. Oh, he's like episode hundred and twenty. Oh my god! But I'm we so, got a ways to go. I'm so excited to play. <laughs> what boy does Lindsay like? Because they're all gonna be wrong. <laughs> Do have a terrible track record of zero to one with guessing which one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Sashomaru has uh, entered the central portion of the tomb where the sword is stuck in a stone. <laughs> it's a pretty crappy looking sword. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I'm sure the durability on it is pretty low at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So now you're talking my language. <laughs> Oh boy, so Sashomaru tries to pull it out of the stone, but weird electricity covers his hand, preventing him from doing it. That's when uh, Inuyasha shows up, along with Kagome, and they have a little fight. Everyone keeps yelling at Inuyasha to pull out the sword, and for some reason, he has oppositional defiant disorder, I believe. (laughs) Like the kids in The Wire in Season 4. Because he's saying no, 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 and Kagome is the one who appeals to his desire to embarrass his brother <laughs> to pull it out. And he's like, "Oh, that's going to be great when I see his stupid face." This is the other subversion thing I talked about, where he grabs it, and it's this long buildup of him powering up. Ah, <laughs> light's starting to come out of electricity. It. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great, and he can't. Pull this <laughs> I do love Sashomaru's little narrowing of the eyes when Kagome's like, it'll embarrass him. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. And then it cuts to Sashomaru for just a second and just kind of narrows his eyes a little bit. And I'm like, that's such a classic Sashomaru look. Oh, sure. It's probably been a long time since he's been embarrassed because he's so powerful and he's an aristocratic assassin. Yeah, but then they uh, go back to fighting. We reveal another one of Sashomaru's moves, which is his Poison Claws. Which do like a Ghostbusters-style acid attack. And he's <laughs> trying to melt his brother's face. It's not very nice. <laughs> Half-brother. Oh, right. It's okay, then. And then uh, that leaves Kagome and Miyoga to tangle with Jaken. <laughs> Again. Round Again. two. Jockin's ready for her, so he's not giving up that staff. <laughs> Pushes her, and she uses the sword to pull herself back up. As she does, the sword comes loose. <laughs> Quite easily. <laughs> Quite easily. Well, you know. Inuyasha could have loosened it. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she apologizes. Oops. <laughs> which is also great. <laughs> and everybody stares at her, and it's super embarrassing. To be continued. Ah. <laughs> I'd have to say there's some great parts in this episode, but it may be my least favorite so far. It's kind of a bridging episode between like the first and the last one because it's going to heat back up. Right. Now that the sword's free and it's going to be an all-out fight for it. I didn't watch the preview for the next one, so I don't know at this point if she's going to be the one who has to use the sword or if she can toss the sword to Inuyasha. Although I seem to remember in the opening credits he's fighting with the sword against uh, Sashomaru. Does the sword look different? I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't trust anything really in those opening <laughs> credits. But I swear to God, there's a Tanuki guy there. Yes, Miroku has a little uh, hachi. He's looking at a flea bounce back and forth between (laughs) some kind of fox creature. Oh, all right. I look forward to learning about all of these things eventually. Yeah. uh, Maybe if somebody watched the episodes We've got like 20 more episodes to go, I think, until we get there. What is with this show? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got nothing else to say. I look forward to the next one, wrapping this up. And I've looked at the titles of the future episodes on that disc you gave me. And it looks like there's a fun episode coming up, just going by the, the title. I'll look at it now. Enter Shippo plus the amazing Thunder Brothers. Uh, <clears throat> die, Shippo. Die. <laughs> what are you really looking forward to getting to? What episode? I, I think... I need Sango and Miroku. They're such big parts of the anime. Can't wait to get there. And then, yeah, like pretty much, I mean, I feel like season one is definitely introducing the characters, setting up the story, and then you really start getting into things and villains and such that I'm very excited for you to see. (laughs) And it's so hard not to talk about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I imagine. I was informed by another person who expressed interest in only listening to our show and not coming on our show. Thank you. That later things get pretty fucked up with the characters. Like It gets into some hardcore, uh, tragic shit. She didn't go into detail, thankfully. So that was this episode. Lindsay, is there anything else you want to say about Tetsuo the Iron Sword? Just, I didn't remember that was the title. Oh, sorry. It sounds a little different when you say it. (laughs) It's just how I pronounce it. Tetsaiga, the Phantom Sword. (laughs) Woo! So I think that, that's it. Can't wait for the next one. (laughs) This is like torture for Lindsay. All right, well, thank you, everybody. Uh, Goodbye.